Most of you by now know that I work at VIP Mortgage. A lot of you may not know why or how I got there. For us as LOs, we have a lot of options. And for me, VIP Mortgage was the perfect fit, the best place in my opinion to work. So if you have any questions about VIP Mortgage as an LO, or if you are a consumer and you're looking for a mortgage, you can reach out to me on social media, or you can reach out to anybody else that you may know at VIP Mortgage. And our website is VIPMTGINC.com. What's up, man? How are you? Ryan, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. It's Jeremy Brown with Remax Fine Properties. I'm excited to be on the show. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Got my sister over here helping with the production. So thanks, Trisha. Trisha Madrid. Um, and my nephew, Trey, I like to recognize him because he does, he does all the post-production work. And thanks, VIP Mortgage, for having us here for to uh, do this in our building. Um Dude, so Jeremy just, we, you know, him and I just had a long conversation before this started that kind of is going to take us into a different direction than we were originally going to go. <laughs> uh, so it's super cool. I mean, the original thought process was having you on here because when Trish and I were talking about relaunching this, it was really about cool people doing cool stuff. And it wasn't just about the mortgage business and real estate and everything. Obviously, you're in that mm -hmm. business, but um, I think everybody that knows you, you kind of you do a lot of really cool things. Adventure is a big part of your life. Work-life balance is a big part of your life. You don't, you're definitely not like the stereotypical realtor. Um, and so that was the third, the, the thought process. And obviously I want to go there. Uh, but we got into a little a conversation about um, health and COVID and, and, and I think it, it really ties into kind of how you live your life, but talk a little bit about, how you grew up because it kind of lends to, I'm just going to say this. He's never been to the doctor before. <laughs> so, and which led to a whole cool conversation. So why don't you just let us into like that life, your mm -hmm. childhood and stuff and sure. kind of where you are, why you think the way you think. So I was kind of telling you, you know, I, I pride, I got lucky when I grew up, I born in 83. Um, my mom, she's just an amazing woman, but she had really, uh, she grew up kind of with an, a, weak, a weak immune system and she had my sister in the seventies and then came along my brother. And she honestly has told me that if she stayed on that path, that she'd be dead, like on the normal Western medicine path of, of her normal doctors, they weren't helping her and her immune system was very low and she had a whole slew of health issues. So by the time I came around, her and my dad had made this decision to go the natural path direction and they really 180 their lives. Um, and what, where were you, where, what state was this in? So this Michigan. Yeah. Let's, okay. let's set the stage. Northern Michigan, mm -hmm. uh, five hours North of Detroit, right up by Mackinac city. If anyone's heard of it, but we lived on an 80 acre farm. My dad was building our house. They built the, or they bought this little like 300 square foot falling down farmhouse on 80 acres. And that's where they were going to build their life, you know, mm -hmm. circa mid seventies. So it's pretty cool. We have some neat photos from there, but that was my whole early childhood. So I came along 83. She was already into natural healing and just kind of doing everything opposite of Western medicine. And so 
when I was young, from the time I was born on, I really had a jump, I feel, on a lot of other kids because she was doing everything for me that was extremely healthy for my immune system and for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny because you said I had never been to the doctor. So that story that I was telling you, I g- came down with an ear infection when I was four or five years old. And it was the only time my mom got so scared that I was going to lose the hearing in my one ear. And, you know, we're out on a farm. There's yeah. no one around that you can call quickly or to help. No quick cares down the street. Right. <laughs> and uh, so she did take me to the doctor and, and gave me a medication. And fast forward, when I was 13 or 14 years old, my teeth came in when I started hitting puberty. My, my molars came in with no enamel on them. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she... Your wisdom I, I had never been like, to the dentist either. Okay. At 14 years okay. old, I had never gone okay. to a dentist. All right. Okay. So they weren't my wisdom teeth. I actually don't have wisdom teeth. Okay. No, again, okay. <laughs> you'd never know, okay. but no, they were just my molars. They came in with no nail. We go to the dentist, and the first thing the dentist asked me, asked my mom, was, "Did you take a medication when you were young?" And she's like, "Yeah, a specific antibiotic, right?" One. He's taken one in his entire right. life, so he's only taken one ever. And, and whatever, it. whatever you take for an ear infection, I guess it's a common thing with little kids, right? Yeah. And he said that's what made your teeth come in with no enamel on them. And my mom was <laughs> so angry, right? Because now she's shelling out a thousand bucks or whatever to get my teeth, my back molars fixed. But yeah, that was the first time I had been to the dentist. Uh, I do, I do go to the dentist occasionally <laughs> now, you know, just for personal hygiene, yeah. mainly to keep my teeth white and look yeah. good. But yeah, I, uh, when I get sick, I, I definitely don't run into the doctor. I, I've never gone as an adult. So, um, when they, when they ask me for my family, my family doctor, I don't ever answer that question. <laughs> I just write You're down like, Sally Brown. Mom. <laughs> Mama. Call mom. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Um, so, um, cause we were talking about, you know, all the things you do and like how, you know, active you are mm-hmm. and obviously you're not you still get sick. You just treat yeah. yourself differently. Yeah. Right. Like you said, it's like, you know, he just, he has like this routine that, that I'm talking to he as I'm talking to my sister, but Jeremy has this routine where he's, his mom has like basically taught him like how mm-hmm. to like take care of himself like anybody else. Mm-hmm. So he's like, if I get the same, if him and I get the same thing or you and I get the same thing, I'm going to go this route to get better. And you're going to go this route. Yeah. And you're like, and you see mm-hmm. you and your friends doing the same thing, but you, everybody gets healthy at the same time. Dude, they this might is, take a Z pack yeah. and you take it's, <laughs> probiotics. And <laughs> it is the craziest thing because right. at 37 years old, now I'm realizing yeah. the value of what I was learning at three years old. Yeah. Um, it is my friends will get sick and I'll get sick and I get sick just like anyone else because yeah. I do things that, that, crush my immune system or you just catch something it's inevitable it's part of life yeah um but i do watch the process and and i start doing everything as clean as possible and i might just not eat pump vitamins and you know just rest my immune system and as your body builds itself and you pop out of that, it ends up taking the same amount of time, I swear. Right. You know, you take a Z-Pack and you're down for a week and you're thinking that that is, that's kind of bringing you out of it when your body ends up doing that after a week or week and a half anyway. Right. It strengthens itself. And I was telling you earlier, you know, when you take a a round of antibiotics, and this is kind of popular right now with this whole biohacking thing, Mm -hmm. like um, in the book Unstoppable, that's, he talks about this for the whole entire book. 
if you take a round of antibiotics, two years, it, it kills your gut, your microbiome. It takes two years for that to bring itself back. So you're more susceptible to catching stuff again later. Because your you gut's know? like everything. Because, like, we're all kind of, you already knew this, but like, we're all learning about like the gut basically controls mm -hmm. everything you're, from your mental health to your, yeah. to your, your physical health. And what I'm saying at 37, I'm realizing the importance or the value of what my mom gave me is now this is popular. Right. This wasn't popular through the, through <laughs> right. the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. People didn't care. No. Like Western medicine yeah. was it. But now even a lot of doctors, they're blending natural health oh, with sure. Western medicine. And yeah. all of a sudden all this stuff's coming out as if it's new news. My mom was doing it in the 70s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... I feel that, um, I mean, if you are raised that way, you literally have a jump ahead as, as a young adult. Yeah. I mean, you're not starting the race behind, you're starting right. the race ahead, and it's all just, it, it is health. Well, we were talking, what brought this up is that we were talking about COVID and how I had mm -hmm. it, and I had it pretty bad. My son had it pretty bad. Um, and I said, you, my immune system's garbage. I mean, yeah. like, I if someone's, like, walking by and they have a cold, I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. like, and, and I do, obviously, don't do a lot to help with yeah. that. And, 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 you know, my compliance with with freaking just even a normal, like, prescription is terrible, but let alone my vitamins and supplements and stuff. <laughs> and so he was just telling me about, you know, well, I had my blood work done recently, and the vitamin D was real low. Mm -hmm. right? well, to me, I didn't even realize vitamin D was, like, a big deal. Yeah. Right. And Huge. I'm, I hate, I'm embarrassed to even say all this stuff, but, um, but I didn't realize how, how important it really is. Right. So yeah. anyways, where I'm going to nat natural grocer, what's it called? Yeah. What's it hit, called? A, hit up natural grocers, natural Thunderbird Gro Scottsdale road. I don't even know. I've mean, never heard of this place, but he's like, you got to go there and get this. Find song. the hippie looking lady in there. <laughs> yeah. The hippiest looking lady you can <laughs> find and ask her about the vitamin section. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, so, so part of that, like your, your upbringing and how you are f just, following if people if you don't know him you probably follow him on social media and, and in this real estate world i think most people know who you are at least they don't may not know you personally but they know who you are so there is this whole like active lifestyle guy right i mean you're you're hiking all the time you're you're snowboarding you're mountain biking you're cycling i mean you're 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 anywhere somewhere but here when you can is that that's, <laughs> that sounds awful it's true though, right? I mean, hey, it, tell it's my not tell my here. clients. It's not I'm, because you hate it here. <laughs> what I'm saying is that you like to, you know, yeah. you get out and like, you know, he loves his job. It's, yeah, I lo it's it is my soul food, man. Yeah. Other than going to church, but it's uh it it is the balance of that. The health goes hand in hand with nature and and that part of my um my soul. So so after Michigan. How long was it before you came here? All right, so I'll tell you the whole story. So I grew up in Michigan, born in 83 there. I stayed in northern Michigan until second grade, and then moved to southern Michigan for a short time, then went back to northern Michigan again. Yeah. So I've spent all of my life until 20 in northern Michigan, did a little stint in California for a year, yeah, um, and then moved out here when I was 20, and then actually got right into the real estate biz. Okay. So I got my license uh, as soon as I moved here and took the crash course. Um, and went right into it. So I had a family member at the time that was doing land deals here locally. And the plan was that I was going to get into land and the commercial side or, or I guess it doesn't matter, yeah. right? They sell to commercial and residential land guys. Yeah. Too, so right? land acquisitions, gotcha. you know, entitlement, yep. reselling projects. 
big Fitting business here, that. bro. Right, Maybe I know. You should have done that. <laughs> the dumbest decision <laughs> I made going residential. No. <laughs> no. Um, it was 05, and dude, you know, we started, the, or I started this business in 05 coming from a town of 3,000 people in northern Michigan, and yeah. I'm going, there's people driving Lambos that are the same age as me. Right. And I'm going, how's everyone making all this money? What are people doing? I knew nothing about this city business. Like yeah. I'm jumping in really green and it was a hard, that was a challenging market. I remember writing 10 offers with my first client on condos down in Mesa, you know, but and you're and he, super young too. That's, oh yeah. Super young. Getting, you're real young. And his parents were having to trust me. Right. And you know, you're really green. And that yeah. is a big challenge when yeah. you're young and new in this industry. Some mm-hmm. people pull it off well, but I look pretty young, man. I mean, I still look young. Yeah. yeah. And when I was 20, I looked real young. So, um, but, uh, you know, got through that and then, um, what happened in 08? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, so that was the rest of the story. So that's why I didn't get into the land deal is because that was a lingering crash going on yeah, here. Yeah. And, uh, my sister got divorced from that husband and, uh, then, you know, we weren't doing land acquisitions anymore. Okay, and gotcha. there gotcha. was a whole slew of things that yeah. took my path in a different direction. But, uh, I'm glad that it did actually, because I jumped right into residential instead. So I went to, uh, I, I bounced around a little, but it was at a Coldwell banker office back in 2005. And that's where I met the guy actually who owns the office that I work for now. And he became a mentor to me you know, immediately. And I didn't realize at the time that he was literally one of the biggest or the biggest in the Valley. And he was absolutely crushing it in 05. (laughs) Right. So, uh, what's his name? Del rounds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, most people in this industry know Del, he owns obviously Remax fine properties, but he's such a mentor to everybody. Like he was doing this before it was cool as far as coaching and mentoring. And actually back then, you know, we were jumping on the Mike, Mike Ferry, uh, scripts, right when I got into the biz, mm-hmm. which, you know, now it's a big thing. Everyone's paying Tom Ferry, but right. this was Mike Ferry old school. Right. And it was just door knocking, cold calls, the scripts. And I remember having Ugh. this headset on, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. making phone calls, using those Mike Ferry scripts. And again, I had never done right. anything like this in my life. And it, it, it seems so awkward when you first start that stuff. It's so robotic. Yeah. And that was tough, but you know what? I literally listed a house in McCormick Ranch. I think like the second or third day I was making those calls. Really? Yeah, I mean, a six hundred and ten thousand dollar house in McCormick Ranch. Yeah. And I remember, I get that we <laughs> we called this guy Elephant Man <laughs> because every time we went to go see him, he avoided us. I never met the owner of this house ever. I held open houses. <laughs> I held <laughs> open houses. We had him sign stuff back then. There wasn't yeah. there wasn't a uh, DocuSign. Right. And we would drop stuff off and he would put it back out under the doormat. I never met the guy. And we think there was, well, I saw photos in the house when I was holding open, but I don't wow. know. we laugh about it still today. He was probably just didn't want human contact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I got him on the phone. I remember, and he was just brutal, man, yelling at me, you know, every objection he had. And I'm, I'm reading those Mike Ferry objection. Handles. I understand what you're saying. I understand. But if you were to move, <laughs> yeah. where would you move to? Yeah. And he's like, Shut what'd up. you just say to me? Yeah. Right. Like, that was that have to do with what I just said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just kept him going. And yeah. I ran over to Dell's office. I remember. And, um, and I'm like, dude, I, I got like a fish on, right. Can you help me close this? Right. And I right. remember we called the guy back together on the phone and, and Dell helped me, you know, right. obviously close that. But, uh, that was kind of my intro to real estate, but 
Yeah, you've been and you've been like incredibly loyal to that office. As I know, I, have you, been, yeah. I know. Obviously, people, the recruiting process is just like it is for the the mortgage business, right? It's just like everybody's after everybody. But yeah. if you're doing, yeah doing business yeah you know you're you're gonna get calls every day and yeah. and you have friends that own places and stuff and i do close friends there. people that yeah. i love man yeah. and people that i'm i'm probably even closer to now that yeah. other companies but i think that's just part of the biz and everyone yeah. understands and and i know they don't need me because they're absolutely yeah. killing it well so exactly <laughs> so your so your approach to this business is much different now because yeah. obviously you're not mm-hmm. you don't you don't read scripts or pick up the phone. I mean, it's all referral based business at this point. It is. I do pick up the phone once in a while, but not like I should. And I'll be totally honest. That's a challenge that all of us have. I mean, that even 16 years in that is, um, you almost have to be a certain type of person to do that day in and day out. And we have friends that are really good at it. Oh yeah. But, um, you know, they might be a little off. (laughs) It's not my deal either, dude. I, I hear you. I'm not good at it either. I don't like to do it. I don't want to do it. And if yeah. I have to do it, then I don't want to do this. Right. That's And that's it, where it's been for me. But, you know, it, it, it definitely shoots you forward faster. I mean, sh- shoot. I mean, dude, mm-hmm. we've been hanging out. Like, we've known each other for seven, eight years now. We really just started working together, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. Right? It's so true. And it, well, I don't I think I ever asked. Bad about it. <laughs> I don't think I ever asked. Or, you know, it's like people, I mean... I've had that said, that same thing said to me so many times. They're like, but they, they also say that's what they liked, right? Yeah. They're like, I liked that about you, but I'm like the worst person just for somebody to like to, to mentor when it comes to that sort of aspect because they're like, dude, it's three years from now. I still don't have any business. But, <laughs> you know, building relationships, I think, is you know, some people are just better at that than others. And I think that's like where that's where you kind of yeah. fall into play. And that's where I have as well. Well, it's tough because, I mean, our group of friends, we literally, we know everyone in Scottsdale selling real estate. Yeah. I know every loan officer, most of them. I know yeah. all the title companies or I have a right. friend at. And right. you do have to pick and choose, you know. And Oh, for sure. You feel like. Totally. I mean, we had this conversation yesterday about even the title. It's like, I, you know, it's trying to spread it around. And, mm-hmm. and because you have to appease so many different people. But at the end of the day, it's like, you can't. There's there's so many cool people in every mm-hmm. aspect of the business mm-hmm. that you kind of got to roll. And once you know, once things work the way it's supposed to work, you go, mm-hmm. okay, this is this is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we've been able to help you out in some good situations that, that worked mm-hmm. in that aspect for us. But I think that's really what it ends up being. It's the path of least resistance. Yeah, you know, you try different people out, and I think your personalities just jive. I, I mean, the expectation from anyone that I give business to is always the same and the people that pull through and just make it super easy yeah and are a little ocd like me and treat the client that way then i end up just using them you know like why reinvent the wheel yeah so exactly so do you think that um so okay let me just back up so when you got here you're 20 were you were you out doing the same sort of stuff you're doing now no very different because i had no sphere of influence built Oh, I, I mean, did. I mean, from the adventure. Oh, side. oh, from the adventure side. Um, you know what's really weird? So there was a point in my life, from about twenty to twenty-five, where I actually no, I I got out of that. Um, I was pretty crazy earlier than twenty, like insane with extreme sports stuff. Yeah. And then when I came out here, I got into real estate and started doing kind of the city thing because I had never done that. You know, being from a really small town, I had never experienced a lot of this stuff. So you do, you get caught up in, you know, the party in here and Old Town Scottsdale. And 
And then I did, I kind of woke up about 25 and wasn't doing stuff that I didn't realize was such a passion of mine. Yeah. And actually someone who I'm, I'm really close with now he's, um, he's in his mid fifties, but I'd call him, you know, one of my best or best friends. Um, he got me in back into cycling. So I used to be a mountain biker in Michigan Mm -hmm. and I was really good. I was on this little like junior Olympic team and stuff, but I totally put it. I didn't, I don't think I brought a mountain bike out here with me when I moved here. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, he got me back into cycling mid twenties and he was so funny because he used to leave me these voicemails at like four thirty in the morning about getting your mind right and yeah. you know do you want to fly with the <laughs> eagles or do you want to soar with the owls of the night or, or whatever <laughs> do you want to hang with the owls of the night or soar with the eagles of the day and right. you know just funny stuff and it did man it made me get out and do that with him and I didn't realize what I was kind of pushing out of my life right. and that that brought a lot of stuff back for me so about mid twenties. I started getting into the cycling, the running again, adventuring more. And it's a feeling that I think we talked uh, a little bit about this before, but those highs mimic any, any, you know, yeah, partying or, high or right. anything else. So yeah. it's, it's a healthier high. Yeah. I started going off in that direction. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, then you just kind of become rounded, you know, you do a little of everything and you, you balance all that, you know, and you can't uh, you can't have the adventures if you're not making money. So you got to work hard too. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's funny because I remember when we first went snowboarding, you'd made a comment like, you know, we have a group of guys that are all good, mm-hmm. and and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm from Michigan, and and he said something like, you know, you're like you were like kind of going pro or same sort of thing with this mountain bike thing, and and then we're like, dude, like. I ride with people that are good all the time and, but you were like definitely like a next level of like, cool, like doing, like doing the same stuff that maybe we were doing when we were in our twenties, but now you're 35 and you're hitting like, <laughs> like these like side hips, like 20 feet in the air and stuff. Like we're like, dude, this guy's either crazy or he's that controlled still. <laughs> like for somebody who doesn't, you, I mean, you were right. You were writing as if you rode all the time and we lived yeah. in Colorado, but right. we live in Arizona and we can go to Flagstaff yeah. and you're not making a ton of trips. So obviously, you know, and the mountain biking and all that stuff, you, you're obviously we're good at this stuff. And that was like your passion at one point where you were doing it a lot because mm-hmm. Michigan's not like a hotbed for, at least I don't think so for like snowboarders. <laughs> But maybe it is. It's the weirdest thing. I laugh about this. So my home hill has 550 feet of vert. You know, and in southern Michigan, they're skiing and snowboarding on garbage dumps. Like Mount Brighton yeah. is literally an old garbage dump that's now made into a ski resort. Okay. But <laughs> it's funny because, you know, like Danny Davis came out of southern Michigan. He's oh, really? one of the best snowboarders yeah. in the world. You know, and yeah. it, it, the Midwest, like, produces some really good snow riders, yeah. but they're just small little hills, and that's why they get really good at park stuff and right. other things because we don't have the big mountain backcountry. Yeah. We have the snow accumulation, so we get powder days and everything, but yeah. it's different. Yeah, it's definitely and different. I was, I mean, it was my life, man. I was out there nonstop. It's the only thing you can do in the winter. If you're not snowmobiling, you're snowboarding. right. And I just, you know, I squeaked that into my life, so. When having conversations with my real estate partners, one of the things I always ask them is how organized are you? Do you have a CRM system? Or do you have a drip campaign? Um, are you staying in contact with your referral partners, your clients, etc.? And a lot of agents do not, or they've gone through multiple CRM systems. 
I found a really good CRM system that I recommend. It's called Escrow, the letter S, Grow. And immediately you're going to see an impact in your business just because of the automatic um, campaigns that are already pre-written for you. It's a great system, just a great system, easy to use because I think that's one of the problems that people have. Things are already set up. Templates are already created. All you got to do is put your contacts in and let it ride. So if you don't have a system, you're looking for a system, visit escrowcrm.com for more information. So just getting back to um, the mountain biking and the snowboarding, but you know the running thing mm-hmm. too, right? So I have a funny story that we talked about that our friend, I don't know, I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> he's like, man, I was, and, and he's in shape too. And he's just like, I was training so hard for this race. And it was, uh, it was like, uh, it was like in the mountains, right? Where was it at? This one. If I know it was the story, a trail, right? Trail it, race. It was, it was a trail race down in Tempe. Okay. And, you know, and he was training for it. And, and I don't know if like you guys decided to, to do it together or like, it was like kind of like towards this, getting closer to it. He's like, Hey, do you want to do it? You're like, sure. I'll go do it. <laughs> And he's like, this dude just shows up and just, just like takes off and just like beats everybody. And I'm, and he's like, I've been training for months for this thing. And it was like nothing. And he came out of nowhere because you just, you know, it, it's, it's like the staying in shape, but it's yeah. the health, but you're doing all mm-hmm. this stuff. It's like mm-hmm. every single weekend you're mm-hmm. like either on your, your bike or on your, or your, your mountain bike. But you know, you don't just do like the average, hey, let's go out and just go hike today mm-hmm. or hike Camelback. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm going to go run a marathon and do, you know, ultra racing and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. talk about like that because you did like an extreme ultra race of some sort, right? I did. So last year I actually ran my first ultra. But what I'll say. Ultra is what? Anything over marathon length. So okay. the, the this one was a 32 miler, but the reason it was that short is because it's 7,000 feet of vert and it's straight up. So you run 32 miles straight up, like from the beginning of the race yeah. to the end, it's there. It's There's up. no way that was easy. And now, it, so it would be the same as like a flat 50 or you okay. know, 60 miler yeah. probably. Um, but I guess what I'll say is I don't always run, like stay on the running. Yeah. But um, when you when you're always doing the things that I do, you have a pretty good base of everything. So people always wonder, well, how do you go do that? And just like go throw down. Yeah. And I, it's a couple of things. I mean, it's mental, but, um, I keep that base up. So between everything that I do, um, typically I know that my body will have 30 or so miles in it and I can push through that. Mm -hmm. Um, that ultra was a whole different deal. That was mental. The the elevation on that, it crushes you. Um, so there were some pretty low points of that. I remember at mile 16, I started getting cramps in my shins below my knees that I had never felt before. And it was from when you're running uphill, you pull your toes up probably more on each step. And just from pulling the front of my foot up, I was getting these funny cramps. And I remember, um, I think I took a caffeine pill maybe, Mm -hmm. um, no, I had shot, I had that like natural Ooh, energy or, goose oh, with caffeine yeah. in them. I think it took two of those and some, like a couple salt tabs and it ended up going away probably five or six miles later. So you, you have to really, <laughs> that's a long time. You gotta <laughs> run. Yeah. And you're running uphill. So the mental game was hardcore. And actually there's, you know, when you join that ultra community, yeah. I mean, that is a whole nother level. Right. Um, <clears throat> so there were. A handful of people there that were 
like well known in the ultra world. And there, I don't know if you saw during that when I filmed a little bit of it, but that the lady had run over a hundred, hundred milers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, she was oh, like yeah. 65 years old or something. Right. She was going to run a 200 miler in Europe. I mean, that's next level. She, her, her dedication to that and time, yeah. I can only imagine. But, um, can you do anything else? If, if I mean, like, I yeah. mean, you like literally that's, like and that's, life. and that's actually, I think part of the reason why I end up doing a lot of different things is cause I, I like a lot of different things. Yeah. I can't stay that dedicated, yeah. you know, to putting that many hours just into running. I remember, and I'm, I'm thinking it was this race mm-hmm. that you did film now that you said that. Mm-hmm. And there was like, you got like a, emotional at, at some point in that. Did you not? So that's the high I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I cried. At the yeah. End. I was crying, I think, on the yeah. video. Cause I, sorry, I took a little video right at the end because I wanted to see just yeah. what I looked like personally, too. Yeah. I remember that feeling. And I've had it before a number of times, but yeah. it's something that you can't explain or, tell people until you get to that place in your body and in your mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, I didn't train for that either. (laughs) And, and, and I, I, so a friend of mine is an ultra runner and he's been bugging me to do that crown King ultra. Yeah. And I knew it was really hard and you got to go deep on it. And the week before I told him, I'm like, fine, I signed up and I went and did it. And I remember at the end of the, there's a really there's a nine mile long climb at the end of it before yeah. you go down into town just a little. And that climb seemed never ending. And I was at a really Dark. like I was digging deep, man. Yeah. I was yeah. digging deep. And um, when I crested the top and I knew I had a downhill shot to the finish line, it wasn't that far. And I knew I was going to make it. You're just overwhelmed with everything that you've yeah. been holding back. Um, and, you know, your brain and body's producing all these hormones and chemicals. I think that's what does yeah, it. You know, yeah. your serotonin, like, goes through yeah. the roof. Going through all this, you know, your adventures, and, and I like to call them adventures, but mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're just staying extremely active. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, be, you may be doing these at 4 o'clock in the morning on a Monday or whatever. It's not like you're out there on the weekend doing all this stuff. But yeah. when it, how it equates to your success, mm-hmm. um, talk a little bit about that, because I know it does. Mm-hmm. So... The health aspect and being out adventuring, it all goes hand in hand because see, um, when you're a healthy individual, your energy and your mood levels are more balanced. And in this real estate game, we work a lot. So we are working nights, we're working weekends and the expectations really, really high. Um, so in order to balance all that, you can't have low lows. And you know, when those years I said, I was partying more and things like that, you don't realize how much that's affecting um, the business aspect because yeah. you're not keeping your mind right. And I think that's where, when I was telling that story about my friend that got me into cycling, yeah. I never even knew what it was when he was saying, you know, you got to get your mind right because he had been to some really low places in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so the health definitely comes into, uh, into the equation. I mean, huge yeah. for that, but also relatability. I mean, the adventuring and the things that I do, make you a more well-rounded person. And mm-hmm. when I'm in conversations with clients and with people, they're all people that do the same thing. Yeah. Like most people have run races. Most people have had a similar feeling. Yeah. Um, and it just makes you real. Right. And the thing with this is a person to person business yeah. and it's relatability almost more than anything else. Like totally. we could talk marketing all day long and the superstars of marketing. But if you want to build 
a business and you're a really relatable person, you can go sit at a restaurant and spark up a conversation with someone and you yeah. might be showing them houses the next day. Now, that's not how I just build my business, but you've it does a, help. Yeah, and you've got a, a, a vast mm-hmm. you know, a variety of types of people you roll with too, mm-hmm. and age mm-hmm. ranges mm-hmm. and everything yeah. that, that are all clients of yours mm-hmm. or past clients of yours mm-hmm. that you become really close friends with. And, and <clears throat> I have yeah. a coach that that he he always would preach to me you got to go do stuff yeah because you're your people are attracted to people that yeah. are happy and people are doing positive things in their lives and 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 they see that and mm-hmm. they want to be a part of that and so i mean i think that's pretty much a big I mean, it's a big aspect of your business obviously mm-hmm. but have you had like people just like randomly reach out to you because something they've seen online or seen on your social media or something and be like hey I saw that you did this and, you know, I'm looking to sell my house. I mean, has that ever happened? It has. I'm trying to think of the last client that that's happened with. Um, but it absolutely has. People have reached out to me because I'm in that community. Yeah. Um, it, being someone who's involved in a lot of different things or groups or, yeah. you know, just getting yourself out there will build a business right. in itself and you won't even know. It's so totally organic. Yeah, your networking groups are the cycling groups and the, mm-hmm. the snowboarding and, mm-hmm. you know, the... Yeah trail running and all that and, stuff. And, and also even the people like yourself that I use, a lot of those people are also, yep. you know, healthy individuals or on the same page with certain things. I think you're, what's the saying, you know, you're, um, you're the sum of your five closest friends. So, yeah. you know, who you can surround yourself with both in business and in personal life, you, you know, you end up being a lot like totally. learning things from. I remember I saw you at the open. I think it was your last year, maybe even the year before that. And you were with like, you know, one of your clients and they, they had brought you there and then you were on a, you were a snowboarding trip to Aspen with another one of your clients mm-hmm. that had flown you there. You know, it, you know, it's just like, yeah, I think it's an, it's an appealing way of going about your business because you do, you do do a lot of business, but there's also the, the struggles of, of, you know, that business is rough, just like our business mm-hmm. is rough. Right. So it says, it's not like Jeremy, Jeremy's <clears throat> like he runs and he cycles and everything's happy. No, I mean, because I know the, the, the <laughs> cause he's also a general contractor. He's got his hands in a lot of different things yeah. and the stress level can be max. So he's yeah. not as perfect as we're making no. it sound like, no, it all, this year's it been kind of rough. So talking about it, you know, it all sounds great. <laughs> and like I'm out adventuring all the time, but the bottom line is in this business, um, I think one of our close friends, maybe you had him on this, you did have him on this, just, uh, but Brian Norse said it a couple of years ago, I remember, and it really yeah. set in. Um, it's an easy entry business, you know, yeah, everybody's right. in it. Yeah. Um, but to succeed, it's it's a whole different thing. I mean, 2% of us do all the business. Yeah. Um, but and to stay consistent is, is tough. And staying consistent is really, really tough. So, no, I'm not always out adventuring. There's so many hours that go into this, and and so much knowledge, you know, what sets you apart is, is knowing those numbers and knowing your, um, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Just knowing the housing market itself, yeah. knowing your inventory. Yeah. And it, it because there's just, not a lot right now. Right. So you've got to be quick and, and, oh. and efficient and know what the hell you're doing. Dude, right now. So is awful. I saw you when I stopped by your open house or not even, did you have, I think you were having an open house in that townhouse that you were redoing that you spent like the summer working as, you know, you know, in the hot, in the sun doing all the work. (laughs) I could just tell like the mood level, like you were not taking your vitamin D. (laughs) Like, 
I was like, dude, I don't know if I've ever seen you like this. Like you were just like, yeah. oh god, you're like, doesn't look great. And I'm like, dude, I was like, it looks awesome. But yeah. you're like, I gotta get well, this thing sold hey, because <laughs> let's go there. No, yeah, this, yeah. so talking about glamorous or non-glamorous, <laughs> yeah. um, this year was rough, man, rough. So you have the personal challenges and you learn those lessons along the way. But this year, man, for me was a big lesson learner. Um, I started the year out thinking like this year's in the bag. Yeah. I had some really good big stuff starting at the beginning of this year. And right when COVID set in, I had three, actually four deals fall out that were substantial deals. And it was, you know, due to COVID and people's lives changing. I mean, I had one. I mean, dude, it was, we're talking like five million bucks, dude. Like five it, million in, yeah, in, in yeah, deals. That's a lot of money. So I had one nine hundred. I remember the one. I had just lost two others, and I had a nine hundred thousand dollar house with Toll Brothers, um, literally under contract, new build. And she called me, and she's like, "Jeremy, horrible news, but uh, you know, my husband just lost his job. They were coming from Washington, mm-hmm. and boom, third one out." And I'm going. And these were mainly all COVID related, right? It was COVID related. So my year, I mean, I thought the year was going to just explode and it didn't. Um, But then I got involved in another project and I remember it, it was such a good thing. I mean, everything about it was good, but it tied me up all summer long Mm -hmm. and I was the GC on that and I'm just working nonstop and it was hot and I had already lost those other deals. And then I was focusing time on that build and not doing as much on the sales end that I should have been doing. And you're thinking, yeah, you know, I'll make money on this, but this is a long, hot summer. And now it's taking time away from other things that I could do, be doing to make more money. And I got really grumpy, man, mid August. Like I was was doing anything. You weren't traveling because no. So typically, (laughs) typically we make our money January to June here. Yeah. And once it starts lingering August, September, you want to just get out. I mean, that's our winter here. Yeah. You you know, totally. So rough start. I was not, I was, (laughs) there were some, uh, there were some low points of the year and I had, I had some people around me luckily that snapped me out of that. And, and then the year is finishing off really good um and at the and, and when you're when you're in it you don't see it yeah and i still had all this positive stuff that i could have been focusing on and i wasn't yeah and you know that just takes you to a, a lower point so so you know you what learn. what did they so for like give us an example of like what somebody did for you was it just like a slap you across the face like wake kind up? of yeah really? yeah well and it was it was focus on everything that you have going for you it was yeah. literally a sit down talk what you know Mm-hmm. You have all this stuff going for you. You know, you're getting, I was only focusing on the glass half empty and not half full. Yeah. And it was a pretty simple talk, but it did, it, uh, it set in. It, it changed. Everything yeah. changed. And that, that townhouse that we're talking about, it's a townhouse, right? Not a condo. Yeah. I forget. You know. Yeah. That's closing any day now. Yesterday. Okay. Yeah. It'll close yesterday. So that's what I there mean. Like, it's like, okay. You know, you have all these stresses and worries and now it, you know, it closed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, all that's behind me, you know, yeah. now I really, I have, you know, no stress Yeah. the rest of the year. And, yeah. and that wasn't even stress. Like mm-hmm. right now, I mean, it's hard to not hit a home run on pretty much anything that you own or you're selling or redoing. Yeah. I mean, the market's it's insane, crazy. Right? Yeah. These numbers I'm seeing is so, like. So, <laughs> yeah. So the, speaking of these numbers, are you going to do another project like that then? Mm-hmm. 
You are. So you got some other. So you typically I'm involved in a few different things, but um, that one I took on, that was all me where um, a lot of the others it's with clients. Yeah. So we're finding and reselling deals. So, uh, you know, I'm constantly in that. It just depends on whether I'm running it or not. And it's actually good that I, um, that I did that. And I've done a few, but that one, you just, there's more learning lessons. Every one you, you, you go, shit, I kind of knew that before, but now I really know like, and and then you can represent people in a way better way because Mm -hmm. if they're getting involved in that or they're doing it, you have advice for them. You know, you got to live, live and learn. So I actually didn't know you were doing a lot of that stuff until that project, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So then, so as how much of your business is, um, I mean, do you have like two or three flips every year or are you trying to buy and hold or like what's your last game? year? We probably did six um, with a, another investor that does a, a handful, um, but they're all luxury, okay. you know, buying fives to eights and selling around a million or more. Yeah. So you guys get yeah. into like buying like the million and a halves and trying to flip it for like three. It's going to get there. Well, here's the thing, man. It's those just, those yeah. numbers, even. um six months prior. I mean, these neighborhoods that I was seeing at 300 a foot are now 400 a foot. Yeah. So what you're buying in at and what you're selling at, it's changing so fast right now. And that's another reason why I said, I mean, just knowing your numbers, I wasn't just throwing that out there. It's like on a weekly basis right now, watching those Cromford report market, you know, that you guys put out. Yeah. It's so important for agents because things are changing insanely fast. Yeah. I mean, if you're going on a listing appointment and you thought you knew that neighborhood a month prior, you don't know that neighborhood. Yeah. No, we had a, a deal that I was looking, um, getting involved in, and there was two houses next to each other of in, in just north, I'm sorry, just south of Indian School, like 62nd. Mm-hmm. And um, two houses, scrape them both, build on them. Mm-hmm. And before this, uh, the, the other house is even scraped, it's $200,000 more than it was going to be, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that puts so many yep. people out of the market, they can't even get involved in it. There's another house that <laughs> last year was worth 700 grand on Chaparral and like 68th Street up mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. And right right behind our old office. Mm-hmm. Dude, a million bucks, 1,575 yeah. square feet, 800 mm-hmm. li- 1,800 livable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> You know, it's nuts. It, yeah. It's I don't. It's it's gonna. I mean, rates are low right now, but finding those opportunities is tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough to find a really good wholesale deal right now that you're gonna mm-hmm. make a ton of money on. But who knows? I, it's just like if, if it continues to appreciate like it is, then everything's a good deal. Mm-hmm. But someone to look look for their primary residence right now to go into like our like it's tough. You got ranch. You have to you have to I mean, literally be able to explain to them why yeah. the market's gone up twenty percent in the last year in most of these neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, most people say, oh, well, that's a bubble. I'll just wait it out. Yeah. But we have a lot of indicators here that it's just not going to happen. And and even if we take an adjustment in the next year, which we probably will, you know, is that 5% adjustment considered a crash? No way. I mean, you just gained 40 in the last three years here. Oh yeah. You know, so I, things have to adjust and they're going to, um, let's all hope because this sucks right now trying to find deals. I mean, even if you have a house that you say you've made three hundred thousand dollars in the last year, <laughs> you sell it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So <laughs> you have. It's a, I mean, and man, this again. Part of why I was in a, a tough place earlier this year is there's a lot of people around us right now that are having 
that are setting records, yeah. especially in the luxury market. Right. I mean, dude, what did we sell? 101 homes over 2 million bucks last month. And the, the next highest month was like 31 yeah. or something ever. Yeah. Um, People are getting I rich. mean, make, make hay while the sunshine, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. but it's just really difficult because of all those other things. It's yeah. hard to find buyers a place that yeah. they think is affordable. It's hard to convince a seller to sell because where are they going to go? Yeah. Um, it's hard to find investments for your investors because what's a good deal at this point? You got to really know and yeah. know like what that future outlook is yeah. 30 days down, 30, right. 60, 90 days down the road. Um, we didn't there's, talk about there's the, challenges, there, man, big time right there's now. There's huge challenges. In a market like this. When it's just a normal market, you can put the normal things to work and yeah. get huge returns from them. Right now, you got to know how to navigate it. And if you yeah. don't, you get eaten up. Um, new yeah. agents, man, I feel for them right well, now. Well, dude, some new agents are making the most money they'll probably ever make, too. Yeah, <laughs> well, that is true. So that it's, is true. It's also crazy, too, right? And then Dep- they're going to see a, yeah. a, you know something happen. But you were talking about how you know some people we know making, they're they're killing it right now. It's, I know that in an, in a nice way kills you to some a little bit because yeah. <laughs> from the competitive aspect, mm-hmm. like you had a rough beginning and, and a lot of people are having record setting years yeah. and, and not that you're having a bad year because you're not, but you did have a tough first six months, so to speak. So you're, you're yeah. ending well, but when you lose deals and you yeah. see other, you're, when you're engulfed in this industry and you know what everybody's doing and you see what listings they're yeah. bringing on and selling it's really hard to not compare and comparing yeah. is your worst enemy, man. It's, yeah. it's one of my biggest challenges and anything I do mm-hmm. is comparing and I tell myself not to do it, but it, it get, man, it kills me. Yeah. And so from the real estate end being competitive, I just, I was watching people doing some deals and, and I didn't feel like I was getting them. Right. And you did a little <laughs> woe is me. Sort of thing. Yeah, like, and it takes you to a worse place. Yeah. And then instead of doing what you should be doing, yep. you start getting down. Yeah. And then that and then that depression, like I said, goes back to take your take your vitamin D, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> Yeah. No, it's crazy. So what give us an example like the last deal, say the last listing that you got, mm-hmm. where did it come from? Sphere of influence. Yeah. So most of my stuff is referral and sphere of influence at this point. Um I've been working more on the buy side to tell you the truth last two years than, than um, listing side. And here's the reason I keep myself small enough to have time for the other things. Mm -hmm. Um, That's an argument that you can argue many different ways I get, but I really like my business. Um, And when you're on the listing side, you, you really have to get that team rolling because there's, there's a lot more involved. Yeah. Um, So I've stayed sell. on, I've stayed kind of in finding off market deals, doing a lot of stuff on the buy side, selling our own flips. Um, that's where my business has kind of been the last couple of years and it's been doing really well for me. Yeah. Um, and I constantly have people coming in from the Midwest or other areas that are referral. I'm, I'm, most of my deals are referral at this point. Yeah. Um, are your, are your parents still in Michigan? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Same, yeah. same, same place. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. What about your brother and sister? So brother and sister are both out here. Okay. My brother's an engineer here in town okay. for a big company. Sister's here. Okay. Um, and parents, you know, they want to be here. We'll see. They're trying yeah. to. You know, are they still on the farm, or they they're, in, or is it not even a farm anymore? Now? It's like <laughs> so a suburb. <laughs> it's funny. It's actually, it dude. It's ten miles from the original farm. Okay. 
Um, but now they live on a couple acres. Gotcha. Acre and a half or something. Um, in a little village. It's not a, it's not even a town. It's a village. I think it has 90 residents, but it's right on Lake Michigan. Beautiful place. It's a little famous, uh, spot along what they call the tunnel of trees in the fall. So right around, um, October, you get the peak color tour and everyone does the color tour up there. It's a really pretty place. This guy's all about outdoors. (laughs) Yes. Nice stuff. I mean, growing up there, it just set it in. I mean, when I was, I I mean, I had my first motorcycle when I was four years old. I had a a rifle and dirt bike at four, (laughs) you know, I mean, my closest, my only friend lived a mile away and, you know, we were just, my mom was like, Hey, come back around dark. Do you think it's so different? Do you think there's a misconception about you? Because because I, I, I don't feel I've like people heard, would think that. <laughs> Have you? Of course. I've heard that before. Because it's, it's like you're kind of like the blue-collar farm boy that projects as like the pretty boy, kind of. I'll blame that on my sister. Because, <laughs> I mean, even like when, you know, I saw like your whole like shaved head working on motorcycle guy too. Right. You're like, a, you're also a grease monkey. I went through that you're phase also, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's he's my dad. A, then he's got know. a truck outside. It's a, it's a Dodge diesel. That's got <laughs> a gas tank in the bed. A, tank, yep. a real, yeah. Like, yeah. A, like, re- a real gas like, tank. Like literally pumps <laughs> gas for other people who needs to, but so he can do it for himself. I mean, this is not the guy that, like, you know, that's that's doing modeling shoes and stuff. And he's, you know, the rims on it look like he could he could go into Baghdad with. And uh, he's like, no, I can travel all across the country in this thing, and I don't have to stop anywhere because I fill my own tank of gas. And I was like, wait, there's gas stations though, bro. So you, you don't have to do that. <laughs> but this is what he wants to do, I guess. But so the misperception, conception of you, yeah, yeah, you, I'm sure you get this. <clears throat> That you you are you're not just the Scottsdale guy. That's just a sneak slang. attack. It's a sneak it's attack. A sneak attack. It's bro. a total. Mm-hmm. Sne- you're a liar. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, so cool, man. I, I think that you know, from from the the perception of what I've known of you, that was when we first talked about. It, like I said at the beginning, you were the first well, two people. You and North were the first two people I thought of because I know Brian's got where he's going and what he wants to do, mm-hmm. but he does a lot of cool stuff too. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, you were literally the first person that I thought of just because you just do everything just differently yeah. than everybody in this business. And, and I just made my year, bro. Oh. Seriously. Cut this part. So, off, please. you know, <laughs> true. that right there just pulled me out of everything, that, <laughs> everything negative that I happened this year. D. Yeah. You are. <laughs> um, no, but it's true because that was just the angle we wanted to roll. So we really yeah. dude, I totally appreciate you coming on here. Um, we do these like rapid fire questions that Trisha and I can kind of throw out together at you, but they're simple. So for rapid fire questions, and when I mean rapid fire, answer them quickly. Um, hold on. And they're not long answers. They're pretty quick (laughs) answers. All right. So what's your favorite book? Um, so it's gotta be one that's fresh. I, uh, I just read unstoppable and that's pretty awesome. It's, it's relatable to some of the stuff I just told you. Who wrote that book? It's uh, Ben Angel. Okay. Yeah. Um, read it, dude. Just yeah, on I've some heard. of this health stuff that we just said and biohacking. Yeah. Read it. It's awesome. It's all in your gut. Um, um, so if you could teach a certain grade or a certain subject in school, what would it be? Science for sure. 
science. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. wait. <laughs> I mean, you, are we kind of science? It's, you, you. I can see where that's going, but Eastern science, <laughs> maybe home economics. I like to cook a lot too. Home ec would be fun, actually. Home Plus, well, actually, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Never mind. <laughs> Home ec or science? Yeah, I was just saying because science actually goes into home ec, so you know. Okay, there you go. There you go. Oh yeah, horticulture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Agriculture. Horticulture. If you were a superhero, what powers would you have? I mean, any superhero can that can fly. I, I, it's just that would be the most fun. I agree. Here to there in no time, <laughs> float around, take your girlfriend on dates up in the clouds, dude. See, he's a romantic too, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. What is something that you wish you were good at? Guitar. Guitar. Yeah. Same. same. Dude, it'll change your life. Oh, In so, so many ways. So many oh, my goodness. I feel like I'm a well-rounded person, but yeah. if I Have could try them on the guitar. Yeah, I, I own one right now. I started so, taking so lessons last year. It's harder than it should be. So... I thought my hands were pretty rough from working and everything else. Dude, oh, you got to get little leather ends before you can even play. Yeah. It's, it's, I felt it's, like a baby. It's like after things, a couple yeah. hour lessons, man, my fingers were killing me. Yeah. Oh, me too. It's one of those things where I think we're both pretty much good at most of the things we try. <laughs> the guitar is the thing that is just not working for me, man. It's like, I can't do it. I've tried. It's hard, man. I need to, I need to f- try harder, I guess. But man, I just, it's, that's a difficult well, one. Well, and I played instruments when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, but guitar and piano, you, like how I read music and how you read music for guitar and piano are different. Yeah. And if I would have had that at like five, six to 10 years old, yeah. it would be second nature. Oh, for sure. Which sucks because it's hard now because yeah. you, you're reading well, chords, not just notes. Yeah. Remember that if you ever have kids, because I tried and my kids, I let them get out of it too early. And I told my son, dude, you don't understand. Yeah. You get to college, sit around a campfire. Oh, dude, the this. one guy that can play the guitar <laughs> yeah. and sing. I don't care what talents you have. Quick. Here's the thing. Yeah. Most people in your life, you're going to yeah. be hanging out, sitting around yeah. somewhere. And the guy who can play the guitar and yeah. sing is yeah. going to. There we go. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that that is uh, that's wrapping it up. Again, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, Trisha. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Trey. Thank you to VIP Mortgage <laughs> for having us here, and uh, thank you to Zunami and Escrow, our sponsors. And uh, that wraps it up. Thanks hey, again. so if anyone needs any insight on any of that stuff, you know, make sure they reach out to me because I can help with some of that health stuff and everything. Okay. In this business, if you're going through health issues or you're feeling depressed and things like that, that's big part of us so yeah reach out to me and uh check out the book unstoppable yes sir there you go all right thanks real talk is brought to you by Zunami. we all know that we should be doing more videos than we are doing and one of the hesitations for myself is that i don't feel like i do a very good job filming them um i get nervous about the way they're gonna look and i am pretty sure that most people people feel the same way as i do so Zunami is a product that will allow you to film your own videos and you can send those videos via uh, via the app that you can download it on the App Store and they will make the video look professional because it is done by a professional editing team. So you want a header, you want a footer, you want to just look better in general um, and for the cost, it's, it's unbelievably inexpensive. So... 
If you're looking for video help, this is the best way to go about doing it, um, especially if you want to film videos on your phone like we all should. So it's Zunami with an X and that's it.